everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I missed our podcast. Yeah, it was only I did two too. weeks, but I don't know. I missed connecting with you and having new episodes. And I'm excited to be back. Yeah, me too. But before we get into it, this episode is actually sponsored by Night, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow. So if you if one of your resolutions is to get a better sleep, you have to check them out. We'll tell you more about it later in the episode, and you can take 20% off with code BOP20 at discovernight.com. So before we get into our stuff, just like a quick FAQ on the episode, because I feel like maybe some people clicked on it and were like, what is this? This is definitely outside of our norm. But we have a guest today with us. Her name is Kelly Knight, and she is a tarot reader. And she's doing what's called a tarot scope. So basically, she's doing a mini reading for each sign of the zodiac. So you don't need to listen to the whole episode necessarily, although it's really fun. But you can just skip around and find your sign. Um, when we get into the episode, we we talk a little with her about tarot in general and, and how she got into it. And then we start with Aries and go from there so you can find your sign. And then I'm a Virgo and Grace is a Libra if you want to hear ours. But it was it's such a fun episode. And I think it's such like a fun way to start the year and to see what's in store for us. Yeah, it was definitely really interesting. Instead of reflecting on how poorly we did on all of our 2020 resolutions. <laughs> Well, we've got that episode for you next week. Yeah, but it's like a that's like a bummer way to start the year. Yeah, this is a better way to start. Yeah. So we need to catch up. I mean, yeah. I've talked to you offline, but yeah. how are you doing? How was your holiday break? It was the best. I um I'm I'm bittersweet. I'm sad to be back, but I'm happy to be back. I miss Brooklyn, but now I miss Charleston. I missed you guys, but now I miss my family. I'm feeling very like I'm very much straddled over to different places, but it was so good. I had the best time with my family. I ate so much good food. I love Charleston and now I'm back in Brooklyn. That's great. How about you? Mine was very low key. It was very relaxing. I read a lot, which I will tell you about. Um, I read a and lot I too. got. I, I didn't get offline, but I took a couple days off of Instagram and I I did take most of last week, the week between Christmas and New Year's off work. And so I mm-hmm. feel I feel pretty restored. I feel I this morning we're recording on Monday, January 4th. And this morning I was just like, okay, yeah, like let's go do this. So I feel like I'm I'm ready to grab this year by the horns. I love that. Yeah. Me too. What about your high? What was your high from the past two weeks? I think I would say it's just probably all the time with my family. Um, It was just so nice. And it wasn't like anything big. It was just all these little things. Like my mom would be taking care of Zoe and she would just stop by the house. Or, or, you know, just after dinner, I mean, after work, I would just go eat dinner with them. It wasn't like a a big thing. It was just all these little moments that added up. Or going Christmas shopping with my dad and, you know, helping him pick out gifts for my mom. That was really fun, too. That's so nice. How about you? So, I mean, taking a decent break was was definitely one. I feel like freelancing, I don't really take dedicated time off. And even when I do say I'm going to be offline, people are emailing me. But it was a really quiet couple weeks. And so that was really nice. And I don't think I'd, I've talked about this on here yet. I, I've definitely talked about it on Instagram. I looked at our notes from last time, and I don't think I mentioned it, but maybe I did. So. Last month on December 9th, I decided to start a little challenge with 
myself and a few friends to do Melissa Wood Health every day. And the impetus was just that I was feeling very blah and sedentary, especially because now that it's colder in New York and it had snowed um, right around then, I just didn't. I'm not going out for as many walks. Like, I was just feeling blah. It's not about weight loss. It's not about, like, anything like that. It was just, like, about how I felt. And so I've been doing Melissa Wood Health every single day. I will admit I missed one day. I had a very, very stressful, bad day one day, and it didn't happen. But I don't really care. It's, like, not about that. I have never worked out – when I hit 14 days, I was like, I've never worked out 14 days in a row. Yeah, it's good, right? Some of them were short. Like, some of them were 10 minutes. So, like, let's not get too self-congratulatory. Um, but I feel great. Like I just feel I feel stronger. I feel like way more positive energy. Like it was just so I don't know. I just feel great about it. That's awesome. I know. I feel like it's really manageable to do her workouts every day because some of them are so short. So rather than taking a full rest day, you're just doing like 10 minutes of arms or like a quick like planking challenge. Do you want to know the other thing that I feel like it's really helped with is Instead of needing to do the mental gymnastics of justification of like which days I'm going to work out, because previously like I would work out between, you know, like three or four days a week, yeah, maybe five on a good week. But like the justification of like, am I going to do it today? Oh, I'll do it later. Uh, maybe yeah. I won't do it today, but I'll do it on Saturday instead. Like yeah. not having that and just being like, it's a day. I'm going to do it has been yeah. like very freeing of my mental capacity for something that was like very stupid. Yeah, just you just follow the weekly calendar and let her her be in charge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel really good, like mentally, physically. Yeah. Which is a great way to start the year. Yeah. My my month is almost up, but I'm gonna do it um every day in January too. And then we'll see nice. from there. Yeah. What about your low? Ah, uh, I didn't really have a low. It was just it was a hard travel day getting back. Not that like the flight is so easy, but when you have six weeks worth of stuff, like rolling those two gigantic suitcases with the cat on top and my <laughs> carry on, like my um my shoulder muscles, my traps are like real tight. And it was just sad to say goodbye to my family. Yeah. 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 I don't feel like I have any petty gripes worth complaining about. I mean, I I definitely I'm sure there's been many, but no, I'm feeling really positive. Good. So we have so much meat in this episode, so let's just get right into it. But before we do, our New Year's plea, if you're loving this podcast, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful to us in terms of both the rankings algorithm and also just so guests and new listeners like see that we have a a big base of people who love the podcast. And if you've already done that, take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode. This episode is literally relevant for everyone. Like it's a a tarot reading for every zodiac sign. So there's definitely something for anyone who listens. Take a screenshot and and tell somebody to who might like it to tune in or put it on your Instagram story. Yeah, do it. So that concludes our desperation minute. Let's get into Kelly. So I'm so excited. Today we have Kelly Knight, who aims to bring mysticism into the mainstream by sharing ancient spiritual knowledge applied to the modern day through her brand Modern Mystic Shop in Atlanta, Georgia, and online. So Kelly is a renowned tarot reader and author of Spells for the Modern Mystic Ritual Guidebook and Spellcasting Kit and has been featured in Goop, Nylon, Good Morning America, Glamour Magazine, and Us Weekly. Welcome, Kelly. We're so excited you're here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Anytime I get to talk tarot with people who don't know much about it, it's totally my element. I love evangelizing people to tarot. 
such a fun way to kick off the new year. Yeah, this definitely is sure. our wheelhouse, but we're excited to learn. And then we're also excited that everyone's getting a reading today because we're doing a tarot scope, which is basically a tarot reading based on your horoscope. Yeah, based on your zodiac signs. Yes. So we're so yeah. excited. But before we, we get do. into it, I'm like the most beginner. I've never had a tarot reading. I tried once. And it was like very late night in New York. And I went to one yeah. of those places in Soho. And then they mm-hmm. were like, it's like $200. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't what we're doing. Yeah, that's a pretty steep price for an entry reading. <laughs> I was like with yeah. a bunch of girlfriends. And we were like drunk. And we were like, this would be really fun. So I've never had a tarot reading. Um, yeah. And I, I know nothing. So assume we're the most beginner. So tell us, yeah. give us like the quick overview. Like what is tarot? So I think people have different views on tarot when you use some of these divination tools. But what I say with new clients and most of the clients that I work with, at least the first few years had never had a reading. So they're people just like you guys. I say that these cards represent 78 different archetypes and human experiences. And so just like when you live your life and there's a wide variety from, you know, hard things to joyful things, that's all represented in the tarot. And then I use these archetypes personally as a gateway to my intuition. So I pull the cards and they tell me a story and it kind of helps me open the door to the intuitive insight that's customized for each individual. So sometimes I'll pull a card and it might mean one thing and I'll pull the same card for someone else in a different context and it might guide me somewhere else. But when I do readings, I just like them to be really conversational. Usually my clients feel like they just had a conversation with their best friend and I want people to have practical advice that they can apply and that they leave uplifted. I do think that there are some readers that, and this is why people get scared about it, where they, you know, it's like gloom and doom or fear-based. For me, if anything challenging comes up in the cards, we can just ask, you know, what tools or steps do I need to take to navigate this? Or how can I use this to empower myself? So everyone's, I don't believe in, you know, using the tarot to scare the shit out of people, basically. But because I'm scared. Yeah, it's normal. I think, okay, here's why I think people are scared. Two reasons. One, from the culture of like scary movies and mysticism is like kind of put in a certain light. But also I think there's a deeper part of people that actually have this ancient knowing that these cards can tell the truth. And sometimes we're scared of the truth. You know, like we think we want it, but it's intimidating. Totally. Um. I'm curious, how did you get into tarot? Like, yeah. what was your, what brought you to this place? So, uh, the, yeah, so what brought me to tarot really was a journey of inner transformation. You know, when I was in my mid 20s, I had all of the trappings of a quote unquote successful life. I was making, you know, six figures very young. I owned my own home very young. I had a great relationship and all of those things. And I still felt stuck and unsatisfied. And I felt kind of like, screwed. It's like, I followed all the steps. I should be happy and I'm not. And so I really went on sort of a spiritual journey and one of the organizations that I found to help, uh, they were teaching tarot. And so at first I used it in a real um, sort of a studious way. I would pull a card and I would read the book and it was really mental. And then a few years later, I had a rather abrupt psychic awakening, which was bonkers. Oh my God, tell me everything. (laughs) I was in, okay. 
I'll try to tell you the shortest version, but I was in this group experience. There was about 20 of us in this group and we were in this year long program. We'd get together every, I was living in New York when this happened, actually. Uh, We get together every few months and we were doing this deep, deep meditation. We must've been meditating for like 12 hours that day. And each member of the group was the recipient of the meditation. So when I sat down to be sort of the recipient of the energy, I had a cyst on my wrist that was kind of the size of a gumball and had been plaguing me. And I was um, about to get surgery on it. So I'm in this meditation. I'm just chilling, receiving the energy. And when I touch my wrist, when I'm done, it's completely gone. I had like, and I didn't feel it or any, I mean, it was a completely miraculous healing. I was like, whoa, something is happening here. And then later that day, someone else was the recipient. And I had this vision of, of someone kind of like pulling apart the flaps of my skull and working on my brain. And it sounded like zip, 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 like um, working under the hood of a car. And I was like, I'm just tripping out. Like, this is very strange. And I thought I was hallucinating. Well, then the next like day or two later, I'm in the shower and I just started hearing voices that were saying speak. And I started speaking and the, the knowledge was not mine. And when I would meditate, I was seeing in my mind's eye, like angels and dead people and deities. And it was crazy. And I thought I was having a psychotic break. I mean, that's what I thought. So it's also here. I'm very clear audience, which means I hear messages. And so I told my dad, it's like, I told our mutual friend, Ashley, too. <laughs> I was like, hey, girls, uh, we went for drinks. I'm like, uh, I'm like hearing and seeing dead people now. So this is, they're talking about dating. And I'm like, well, there was like the Virgin Mary showed up in my room this morning or whatever. <laughs> um, and um, I, I, I actually asked the universe for a teacher. I said, if I'm not crazy and I'm meant to use this gift, I need guidance. And wouldn't you know, like I found a flyer in a, in a coffee shop that said angel circle. And I went and the woman picked me out of the crowd and she validated my experience. And then she started coaching me on how to harness and develop these gifts. And for me, all of that was too much, but tarot was a modality that I felt safe with and I had understood. And so I was like, okay, I want to channel these gifts and have this tool be the boundary for me so that I'm not like having to be accosted by all of these energies all the time. And it's been my safe space to, to use this work. So how did you go from having this personal interest to making it your, your business? Yes. So what happened was I started an Instagram account because I was, I didn't know other people like me that were into this. And this was like 2012 where now all this stuff is kind of hip and trendy, but it, if you imagine like eight years ago or nine years ago, people weren't so into it. And I didn't know people like this. And I also didn't want people to know that I was a tarot reader and I was into this stuff. So I started an anonymous tarot Instagram account called Modern Mystic Tarot. I didn't show my face. It didn't have my name. And I started getting like a following. Um, and I was growing like by thousands and thousands of followers. And this was back, I mean, where Israel was not nearly as popular, like every week. And I, I started kind of Mac and then people were asking me, I was sharing my decks and my pretty photos and my insights. And then people started asking me for readings on like DMs, but do you have a website? Can I book? And I was like, well, I guess I should get a website or a booking site. And I started just doing like cheap readings and then it grew. And then 
in, in my city of Atlanta, people started seeking me out through referrals and I was seeing people in my home. And then before I knew it rather quickly, I was seeing, you know, 20 clients a week and I had a backlog of, of readings for several months and it started to be my full-time gig. Uh, and pretty organically. And, uh, that led to the store and that led to, you know, all, all the wonderful things that my life is right now as a business woman came through this modality. How has it been building a business around this? Like, have you encountered a lot of people who are skeptical or like give you a hard time about it? You would think that that would be the case, especially since I'm in the Bible belt, you know, I'm not necessarily. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. You're in the South. Mm -hmm. I am in the South. No, Atlanta is a pretty progressive island, you know, uh, as you see with the recent election, like Georgia's turning yeah. blue, Atlanta's, but um, I don't know why it is. And it might be because I do have like such a regimented spiritual practice. My aura is very um, protected. I don't get much of the haters. Like the much of the haters don't reach me. It's like, we've been able to magnetize the people who are curious, who want to learn, who are so happy, people find us and they feel so relieved that there's a place that's accessible that they can go to ask these questions that they can trust. Um, we do have, you know, here or there, like we'll have the random Christian person, like hand out flyers in front of our store, so, you know, like all that stuff, but that's so rare. And I got to say the amount of people that we serve that have positive experiences so far outweigh any haters. It's, it's like, they're like these little gnats that don't even, I mean, we're like on mission. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay. Let's take a quick sponsor break. So we're going to talk about new year's resolutions next week, but if one of yours is to get better sleep, now is the time to get yourself a night pillow. So the night pillow is a memory foam pillow with a silk pillowcase that is designed to cradle your head for better sleep while the silk pillowcase has serious skin and hair benefits. I have been a lifelong insomniac, and ever since I started sleeping with the night pillow, probably like four or five years ago, I've noticed an incredible difference in my sleep. Um, I've gotten so dependent on it that I actually stole my mom's to use while I was in Charleston. Um, But what is so great about it is that it's memory foam, so it gently cradles your head. But then if you turn over or decide to sleep on your stomach, it bounces right back so you don't end up with a deflated pillow pancake situation. And there are huge benefits to sleeping on a silk pillowcase. So here's a horrifying fact. Did you know that pillows are bacterially indistinguishable from a a toilet seat? That's disgusting. (laughs) It's so gross. But since silk is not a food source for bacteria, all that gunk can't and won't live on a silk pillowcase, which is going to keep your pores clear all night long. On a a lighter note... Toilet-free note, um, since silk is non-absorbent, the pillowcase supports optimal moisture levels for your skin and your hair, fighting split ends and wrinkles. And it keeps all of your expensive face creams on your skin and not on your pillowcase. So if you know you're onto the butter cream like I am, you're moisturizing your face and not your pillow. Lastly, silk helps to preserve your hair since it doesn't tug or create static. And so that means your blowout is going to last longer. If you have curls, you're not going to like wake up with like totally deflated hair and you're not going to have like as much bedhead. Yes. And if you're still skeptical, I totally get it. But really trying this is believing. And that's why Knight actually has an amazing 100 at night return policy. So you can try it at home. And if you don't like it, you can return it 
no questions asked. And even better, we have a code for you. So you can take 20% off your own night pillow with code BOP20 at discovernight.com. Again, that's 20% off your night pillow with code BOP20 at discovernight.com. Now back to the episode. Before we get into the telescope, I want to hear sure. what is your freakiest story of a premonition coming true that you've you've like predicted oh, during a tarot reading? A death. I mean, without people are going to get scared. Oh, oh no, I'm terrified. <laughs> but it was a death. death. It was no. It was a relative's death. But it was an. If it makes it better, it was an old person. Okay, <laughs> like it was a very. It was like a very old person, and the and I usually don't really work with with death much. But I was basically, they were asking about, you know, like how they could best support this, their elderly parent. And I could see in the forecast, it kind of exactly when they were going to pass away. And I was like, I don't normally forecast this type of thing. The death card almost never. And I would say I've done thousands and thousands of readings and the death cards meant death this one time. And I said, I, in this month, this looks like when your, your parent's going to pass away. And it was so helpful to the person because they really doubled down on making sure that they were wrapping things up. And it turns out they emailed me and they're like, they were happy when they emailed me. They're like, my mother passed away. I felt really prepared. You know, it was really beautiful that I could be there for her. And I was, I was, I mean, that's one of the, it was really accurate. That's probably a crazy thing, but I mean, I, I get all of the time. People are like, it happened just like you said, might be a good way thing to add to mention though. Like anyone that can tell you that they can see the future with 100% certainty and really do this like fortune telly stuff. I would steer clear of what I, I call it forecasting. So I'm able to get a sense of the most probable outcome um, of like all the available timelines that are, that are there. And so oftentimes actually like when I hear spirit, he'll say, or he, whatever the energy will say, like 80% likely this is the outcome. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Cause there's so many variables. So anyone that's telling you like for sure they're bullshit. But I also like <laughs> that like the left brain part of me is that like the spiritual side is giving you statistics. Yeah. Well, and that's how, <laughs> that's how I work though. But I think, and I don't know that they do that for everybody, yeah. but I'm like, but like, you know, like the energy is to talk to the intuitive folks and in the way that they can receive the messages, you know? And so for me, it's, that's kind of how it, how it rolls. And I can tell by the cards, like in my, um, intuition, like this is very likely mm-hmm. I can, I like, I'm, I'm, I make sure to communicate that. And if it feels like I'm like, I, you know, this is a possibility, it's a different kind of vibe. I have a little follow-up. Is this something you can do remotely, like via Zoom and things? How has this affected your your business? Did you used to do mostly face-to-face stuff? So it's a, so I, um, only read for, I just, I would close my books for several years and now I'm not really, and I'll probably read for your client, for your audience if they wanted to, but I'm only reading for a couple folks. And for me, the past few years, I've been doing it all remotely, but for our business, we have about eight tarot readers on staff and we have, we used to always have a tarot reader when we were open for business, you could walk in at any time. So those have all moved to remote, but it's equal. It's the same. Like you, time and space and, and is, is not as um, important as you would think in the scope of like energy and, and reading. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. So to anyone that we might've made nervous, we're not predicting any deaths today. We are, no. we're guiding it and we're, t- tell me again how we're going to do each sign. 
Yes. So what we're doing is I call them tarot scopes. So I'll pull a a mini tarot reading based on your sun sign. So I would recommend, so if you guys go to like astro.com, if you don't know your sign, you can go to astro.com and you can put in your birth location, date, and time of birth is really important if you can. And it'll pull up your chart. You're going to want to look for your sun and then your rising, which also might be called your ascendant. Primarily, everyone usually knows their sun sign. It's the month that you're born. So you wouldn't even have to pull a chart. You can just Google like your birthday. Um, but if you also want to hear your rising, then I would listen to the tarot scope for both because you'll get a, a fuller picture. And what does it mean if like you're hearing the reading for your rising versus your sun? Do you just like mash them together or is like... Yeah, kind of. You kind of... Yeah, you take it... So like the sun is more your personality um, traits and the rising is sort of how you show up in the world. And so you can kind of think about that. You you can kind of filter the readings through that, but we really lean on our rising sign in our day to day. It's sort of like the mask you wear. So I'm a Scorpio, which is usually like secretive and closed and, um, very intense, but I am a Sag rising. So you probably experienced me as more outgoing and gregarious and easygoing. I'm not, any of those things like as and like at the core, but it's how I present to the world, if that makes sense. And so both are really important. Okay. I just had to Google mine because or I just had to do the test because I forgot what my rising is. My rising What's your is rising? Rising. my rising's a cancer, which I don't really Ooh. relate to. Oh, cancers are so beautiful. What do what do you how what do you think about when you think of a cancer? Um, I think of somebody who's very emotional, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely identify more with my sun sign, which is a Virgo. Yes. And I'm a very Virgo-y yes. Virgo. Are you, I do you tend to be like nurturing the folks and like, no. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. No. Is Well, actually I would say in order to really determine if you're aligned with your rising, you get feedback from other people because it's how they receive you. Interesting. Right. So you might not think of yourself as that way, but who knows? Grace might find you very Cancerian. Who knows? Here's the other thing that I don't know is I only know the hour of my birth. I don't know the minute. Does the minute matter? Yeah, it matters. It does matter. So you probably can either get look at your get your mom to look at I your birth certificate. I have to find my birth certificate. Yeah, it does. It matters because it's it has to do with your rising. That's really where that matters. It, the rising hat. So you might not actually be a cancer I might rising. Not be. I'll have to do this. Right. I'll have to go see if I can oh. find my birth certificate after because I know the hour of my birth, but I don't yeah. know the minutes. It's really important because, yeah, it's really important because the sun, um, like, it's, yes, it's how it's like, it's moving on the horizon, basically. Grace, what's your rising? Virgo. Oh, that makes Ooh. sense. Yeah. That definitely yeah. makes sense. She's like, yes, I am <laughs> anal. <laughs> but then I'm, a, I'm like, a, I'm a Libra, so I like want to be charming and social and charismatic, but inside I'm like making lists and I'm like a little bit compulsive. <laughs> Yeah. Virgos. I always like to hire Virgos because they're so meticulous and organized and I am not. And they, they're so thorough. So for those hiring, get this, you, you want to hire a Virgo. (laughs) I totally agree. All right. Aries and Aries rising. Let's see what we've got for you guys. All right. And this is going to be for, I should have confirmed. Do you want this for the year or do you want this for the month? I want it for the year. I want it for 20. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's good. For your listeners, let's try this. All right, Aries. 
This is an amazing year for Aries. We pulled the star card, the three of wands, and the two of wands. Um, the star card is a card of hope and real clear direction. So for you, Aries, this year, I would really focus on what I would call your North Star. How can you see the long game, the big picture, and where you're headed at a, a macro level? Then from there, you're going to want to scale back on the micro level and get a real clear vision for your next steps and opportunities. It's showing that this year you're going to be hitting a lot of forks in the road where you're like, should I take a left or take a right? Usually one path is going to feel way more comfortable and the other is going to feel like a risk. These cards would say, take the risk when you're confronted with those forks in the road, especially if it's in alignment with your long game picture. The star card also would indicate that you'll be getting a lot of signs, synchronicities. So you don't have to be creating this picture for yourself on your own. You can really lean into the idea that things aren't coincidental and that different signs are being placed in your path to keep you on the, the, the fastest road to where you're trying to go long term. Okay. Does that make sense? Do you guys know any Aries? Because you can also, I, I always, can't think of any Aries I know. So this one is like, I'm like, okay, good for Aries. Yeah, good yeah. for Aries. Yay, Aries. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good year to be an Aries. Okay, what about Taurus? Okay, Taurus. Oh, I've been dealing with a lot of Taurian energy today. I will not project that on my reading. All right, Taurus. Well, of course, we have a lot of pentacles, which is the sign of Earth, and Taurus are Earth signs. So we've got the Eight of Pentacles. I'm mentioning this in case people want to check on the cards. The Page of Pentacles and the Ace of Cups. So what we're seeing here for the Taurus is it's really time to get to work and refine your skills, whether it's actually in your skills in your business, whether it's your skills in life and relationship, you've got to kind of drill down and get to a different level of mastery in these areas of your life. If you're thinking about career, it might be a good time to take another course, to get a certification or to advance your education, or to feel like you're an apprentice. It's showing um, actually new, two new kinds of opportunity, which is fun. New opportunity in business or wealth where it's a start of an idea that might just land in your lap and get delivered to you. But also with this, yes, also with the Ace of Cups, we're seeing new love, new opportunity to connect with people emotionally. So it seems, I mean, this 2021 for Taurus too is looking really good. You've got to hone your skills, get focused on, on up-leveling your level of mastery, and then be open to receive new opportunities of love and money. I mean, that's what everyone asks me about for tarot readings, love and money. And there's there's these new seeds springing uh, for both sides. you got to be open. you got to be open for it. Now I hope my rising sign is a Taurus because that sounds like the year that I'm hoping for. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I can't wait I to hope so. my birth certificate after this. Yeah, hunt it down. All right, who we got next? Gemini. I actually know a bunch of Gemini, so I'm very okay. Gemini's are interesting. They're very smart folks. All right, Gemini's, Gemini's, Gemini's. All right, Gemini's are not going to be doing as good as these Aries. Oh no. Oh, poor Gemini. Poor Gemini. It's okay. We've got the seven of wands, the nine of wands, and the five of cups. So it's showing here, Gemini, this year, you're really going to have to elbow your way to make your space. It's showing that maybe you're in a competitive field with work or with with all areas, and you're really going to have to like really, like I said, like elbow your way. It's like I'm kind of seeing like 
when you're starting like a, a race and you want to get to the front, you got to kind of make your way and, and having to fight for what you want this year seems like it will start to get a little bit tiring. So it's okay to put your pedal to the metal to, to like make room for yourself and just don't allow yourself to backslide. So if you get tired or you're trying to move forward and, it, and you're feeling like you're hitting a wall, it's okay to pause there, take a breath, but keep on going. It's also saying it's going to be a year of um, processing some emotional loss. So what it feels like to me is that like the Gemini folks may have be coming into 2021 with some baggage that they need to process. Let's see what happens after they process. I don't want to leave them on the five of cups. Hopefully there's something better once they move through that. Okay. No, no. <laughs> To all our Gemini listeners, I'm, I, let's listen no, for okay. your rising. It's, it's, yeah. rising. it's okay. It's just showing that there's some mental conflict. There's some emotions that need to be addressed. And if you really get to work on your emotional and mental well-being, sometimes that's tiring. So, so it's just like really focus on your inner work and really focus on, on, healing so that you can actually start to manifest and plant some new seeds for the future. And like I said, it might feel like a little bit of a fight this year, but you know, Gemini people are tenacious. So if anyone's going to be down for a fight and resilient, I feel like Gemini's have that in their nature. Okay. <laughs> that, you guys, you got more grace. Her eyes are like, <laughs> she's kidding. We're going to skip over grace's fun sign so that we don't freak her out. No, no, no definitely no. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> then every time anything happens to her, I can, in my mind, compare it to this reading. Awesome. What do we got after Taurus? Okay. So now we have Cancer. Oh, so this I is Ashley Hesseltine. Yeah, Hess. And this is maybe Becca's rising. <laughs> maybe my rising. Potentially. I Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Ashley doesn't seem very nurturing. No, that's She true. is so sensitive. She will cry. She is sensitive. She will. And she feels things very deeply. Okay. Um, I would not say nurturing would be the first word to describe her, but she's an amazing friend. I mean, I've been friends with her for like 15 years. I mean, yeah, that's, that she's an amazing friend. Well, uh, I would say okay. the same about Becca. Um, I don't think you, I think you and Ashley are both like amazing friends. They're just not, I don't see you as like, when I think of nurturing, I think of like almost like motherly. Ooh, this is Neither good. This is a, yeah. 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 I, th- I think there's lots of ways that you can nurture. I mean, have you seen her and her dog? Don't wait, she's not nurturing. That is, actually, that is true. That's very true. Maybe, I mean, maybe I don't re- recognize myself as a cancer because I haven't gotten a dog yet. Maybe. Maybe you need <laughs> an animal in your life to really work it out. All right. So this is these are very positive cards, but I'm going to say a couple of the cards. You guys might not think they are, but they are. The Justice card, the Death card, and the King of Cups. I love the death card because to me, I'm a Scorpio and it's a card of real transformation and change. And so for cancers this year, I want to focus first on the King of Cups. If you are a single cancer, even if you're in a relationship, it is showing like a a real good shot at having a mature love enter your life. Like the kind of partner that can really meet your emotional needs. That is sort of like more creative, um, open, probably sexual and sensual and all of that stuff. So I think like hold that vision. If you are wanting a relationship or if you're in a relationship then your partner is going to be elevated to that level um, to be able to really meet your emotional needs, which I think is beautiful. When we see the justice card, which is the card of Libra, 
it's showing this year, you're going to have to make some pretty weighty decisions. And we know you cancers are very emotional and you like to sense your way through things. But I would say this year, it's very important to use your intellect and your rational mind to literally like the scales, weigh the pros and cons of what's about to happen because it's going to have long, long lasting impact. So you're going to want to reach out to your friends and talk it through. You're going to want to write those lists and really weigh things out because you're really set up for this massive transformation in your life. And to me, this transformation feels like an up-leveling. So it doesn't mean it's like you, if you're letting anything go, it's sort of lower opportunities or lower relationships to make space for this amazing um, sort of King of Cups energy or this, um, and this, um, real emotional maturity. So if it's not a love that's coming in your life, it's you leveling up with your, with like a level of emotional maturity where you can really connect with people very deeply. Well, maybe I am a cancer. My friend just started a hobby matchmaking service and I just, (gasps) I just signed up yesterday. So maybe that's what's coming my way. If I am a cancer rising. Maybe. See, that's awesome. There's you're like the third person that's mentioned matchmaking to me in the past couple of days. So there must really be on the upswing. Maybe <laughs> matchmaking the services. All right. All right. Get next. So next we have Leo. Leo. Do you guys know? Any I know Leos? a few Leos. Yeah. They'll make sure you know them. <laughs> I also feel Leos. like one of our other best friends, Jackie, is not technically a Leo. She's a cuspy Leo, but she identifies more Leo than Virgo. Hmm. All right, so let's talk about the Leos. So what I love about these tarot scopes is that we'll sometimes see themes in duplicate cards. So we do see the star card that we saw with the Aries, again with Leo, the six of swords, and the strength card, which is the card of Leo, which is really appropriate. So I would say the first part of this year for Leo, they're still getting a little bit removed from the mental anguish of 2020. Um, Especially these Leo characters who like to be outgoing and gregarious and out in the world, they might have taken it even harder than some of the other people in the Zodiac, having to quarantine, not being able to get that feedback. I remember doing a taroscope for Leo's birthday season and um, like pulling cards to say they're all bummed that they didn't get to actually get celebrated this year. And I had all the, con- all the Leos were like, girl, I am, I was so sad because <laughs> it's like my birthday season, you know? So it feels like the Leos are going to have to like kind of acclimate and, and um, maybe they're getting okay with the new, no, new normal for now, but really, you know, put their mind at ease. But again, just like the Aries, the Leos will be getting signs this year. The Leos are going to get clear on their direction. So the Leos are also going to be seeing sort of a, a, a level of clarity for their future with the signs and synchronicities like Aries, but also they're leveling up their Leoness. So the, the beauty of the Leo and their highest expression is that their ego, which we all have one, and the ego is not a bad thing. It's what allows us to function as human beings, but their ego is going to be in service to their heart. And that's when you have an evolved Leo where their heart can guide their ambition, can guide their decisions. And so, so I think all of our Leo friends are going to really fully step into that less attention seeking and more like how can I be in service and be guided by my heart and the the goal for the Leos this year is to have like a strong spine like be that strength but also have a soft front and an open heart so you're not just strong and rigid you're strong and open and in that sense you can be a leader for other people and you can really actually be an exemplar uh this year of of a lot of grace okay so like a mixed bag year for Leos 
Well, yeah, I think they're going to, I think the front end is a little bit like, we're still in this shit, you know? And then like, maybe hmm. that means that they're going to be like in this mucky space until we have a vaccine and maybe like the second half of the year they're going to be like oh great they're like woo especially at the end of the year because we see like the leo cards they're going to be at all the bars and just like going to be leos everywhere and then the, and then the cancers are going to be like oh i've got to leave the house now and all the leos are going to be like woo <laughs> Okay, let's take another quick break to talk about a sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers professional therapy online via chat, video, or phone, so you can talk to a licensed counselor from the comfort of your couch. So we're all in that like new year, new me mindset, and maybe one thing on your list for this year is to try therapy, but it is so overwhelming to dive in. Like, where do you find a therapist? How do you know what they specialize in? What if it's not a match? I love that BetterHelp is solving all of these problems and saving you wasted time cruising through your insurance directory. BetterHelp offers private, affordable online counseling when you need it without having to leave your house. So here's how it works. You'll fill out a simple online questionnaire that will assess all of your needs. They'll ask you about your age, your relationship status, past experience with therapy, and what you're looking to address. And then they will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have counselors who are specialized in everything from depression to stress, anxiety, to relationships, trauma, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem issues. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You can message them anytime and get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. And they're really committed to facilitating great matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. So if you're skeptical, you should check out the testimonials on their site. It's clear that their patients are really happy with them and they've helped so many people. It's incredible. And anything you share is, of course, always confidential. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Back to the episode. So the next one is my sun sign. So the next one is Virgo, and it's great okay, rising sign. So it kind of applies to both of us. Okay, this is a big deal. There's no pressure. No pressure. Very good. No pressure. I hope you guys have a beautiful year. Let's see what we got. The King of Cups again. Girl, get that matchmaker going. <laughs> I have to text my friend after this to be And like, the Knight of Cups. This is, you guys, okay, good year. So okay. I'm just curious. Are either one of you in a relationship? No. No. Oh, great. You're about to be. (laughs) (laughs) So we have the King of Cups, we have the Knight of Cups, and the High Priestess. So again, we're seeing this, this opportunity. When we see these court cards, these are either aspects of self, the King and the Knight, or people coming into your life. So I'll read it both ways. The King of Cups would show to me that there is an opportunity for, it could be a water sign man, but like an emotionally mature man to, or, well, I guess if you're, it's a masculine energy. So if you are um, in a same-sex couple, it would still be like a more masculine energy. This person would just be, um, be able to hold your feelings, be a leader in that way, but also have this like confidence. And he's showing up as like quite the romantic. So these would, this would be a guy that wouldn't 
would be gushing over you. He wouldn't be withholding his feelings. He would be doing like the romantic daily kind of stuff. Um, if these are aspects of you, then I would say it's really important to um, pros, uh, to take responsibility for your emotional well-being, allow yourself to be open and mature and allow yourself to like be romanced, you know, like by life, if it's not even by a person, um, and to feel the pleasure of what it feels like to be, you know, living in this lifetime. Uh, the high priestess is also saying it's a great year to deepen your own intuition, your own sense of discernment. And the best way to do that, I think is through things like meditation or some sort of mindfulness practice, because this high priestess energy is actually going to be that still um, calm, aligned self is actually what's going to magnetize these uh, suitors. And it's also what's going to help you discern which ones are worth your time and which ones are not. And seeing this, there might be like some really worthy suitors, but then there might also be some like fuck boys. And we want to make sure that you can not be duped. And that, that intuitive sense is what's going to really pull you through to know where to direct yourself. I'm very excited about this. Grace, I can't tell. Are you also taking notes? Uh-huh. <laughs> the two of us are both like our Virgo energy taking notes on this. I have a water sign man who's going to romance me. I'm very excited. Um, yes. I mean, it could it could be a water sign, but if not, it's at least a very emotionally stable and open-hearted person. I like this. I like this. And the, the high priestess card also speaks to me in terms of like what I want for myself this year and like what I see myself focusing on. So I'm, yeah. I'm into this. Wait. I'm into it too. Would you pull cards for our signs yeah. for this month so we can have yeah. like a, a more for immediate sure. taste to see what's coming yeah. in Jan? Okay. So for this month for you guys, and I'm going to read it for you like sort of as a business partnership as well. Okay. Does that, does that suit? Yeah. Um, it's also saying for you that we've We've got the Emperor and the Justice card, which means it's a really good month to get very clear on your long-term goals and visions and to get systems and structures in place to support that growth. This is showing a month of like foundational stuff, like how can you set a secure firm foundation now so that as you grow, you're not like that Jenga that like kind of tips mm-hmm. over because it's not sturdy enough. I would say like to be very disciplined and structured this month and really have the, those plans made. Um, and it's also saying that that's going to put your mind at ease. So if you don't put these structures in place and you don't kind of pick a lane or some of these directions or goals, you might start to like, worry or be, you know, it's like have a frenetic energy that's not necessary if you just take the time to pause and plan. Mm -hmm. And then as you're planning, the question needs to be, what do I want my empire to look like? I mean, it's the emperor. So it's not planning like small projects and to do's. It's like, you might want to do like a five-year plan as you grow this empire for yourself and for your community. Um, So don't sell yourself short on the vision piece of it. And you don't even just have to plan for 2021. I would plan to 2026 if you, you know, it can change, but just to lay those, those milestones down would, will help pull you forward. I'm very excited about this. This is also a bonus for me because I have two business partners and they are both Libras. Mm, So I'm going to get to hear through grace about my month for my other business partner too. I'm very excited. Well, the justice card is the card of Libra. Is that why you mentioned that? They're both Libras? 
Well, Libra is next. So Grace is a Virgo. Oh, got it. Libra, oh, I see, and then see, see. My other oh, partner mean. is a Libra. So I'm, I'm kind of getting like the foresight into both. Let's do it. All right, Libra. All right, Grace, this is all you. You ready for Libra? I'm ready. <laughs> Lots of love for you too. Oh my Grace, God. There's so much I, love for us. There's so much love for you. So, okay, Grace, I want to make a prediction and this is, I'm putting it out there. And you might want to just tell me offline if you don't share about your personal life. I'm seeing for, I will say for all Libras, there is an opportunity from a love from the past to come back and be your future. Like this, like whether it's an ex-boyfriend or someone that you knew back in the day that maybe wasn't a romantic partner that could um, present him or herself as a new love in a new way. People from the past, it looks like it could be romantic partnerships, but if not, it could be old friendships or people that are re-emerging. And I would really prioritize relationships this year. I would prioritize those long-term relationships this year and keep yourself really connected with the people who matter. And if you, you know, a lot of people are work-oriented or whatever, but this year for Libras, and this should be pretty easy because usually Libras love people and, and want to share their heart with people. Um, so I would, I would really, that would be my emphasis in your, in, in your personal life. Um, and then yes, again, like see how people from the past are recirculating or re-entering in a new way that's actually opening and uplifting. Very great. interesting. I can't sounds like a great year for me. I can't wait to see if this mm-hmm. comes true. When this comes through, you have my number. <laughs> I can't wait. We we pull cards for January for Grace. This is so fun. <laughs> this is what I get to do all the time. It's not scary. All right. Yeah, so Grace for January, we have the Six of Pentacles, the Knight of Swords, and the Seven of Cups. It's showing a couple of things. Number one, um, you 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 might need to go after very directly. Um, if you have a new idea or notion or inspiration, it's even if you don't feel quite ready to implement it, you've got to take charge and start taking steps to implementing that thing. Um, you're going to feel actually not quite ready. So it's okay to like prematurely launch something or if it's a program or if it's an idea, it's really more important to get the momentum going this month. It's also saying, so like as you guys do that planning, let's bring it back. As you guys do the planning, there's one thing that like kind of pings for you, for example, Grace, and you're like, I love that. I want to run with it. It's saying like, you can run with it. You don't have to wait until like, you know, down the road. It's also saying for you to, in order to generate more money and um, reciprocity in your life, to focus on being more generous with your resources. So we want you to spend money and put it out there or buy gifts, and then you'll see it circulate back. We don't want you thinking like in any sort of lack way. That also goes with your time. Like the more generous you can be this month, the more you're going to get back and you're going to get back like times three, whatever it is that you put out. And it's also saying be open to mystical experiences or like synchronicities or things that that seem a little bit weird. Like maybe you do see someone from the past and you're like, oh, she said that in the reading. Like you've got to be open to some of these mystical experiences. Not all the opportunities this month that present themselves to you, you're going to want to take. So it's also to say like when you charge forward with an idea, we got to make sure it's a really good idea because some of the other things that pop up might seem like 80% there or like 90%, but we want you to feel like a hundred percent rah, rah, rah. I want to pursue this thing. Does that make sense? They get kind yeah. of cloudy at the end. Okay. <laughs> I think that makes sense. 
So, so uh, buy your friends some presents and um, be super generous and you'll get it, get it all back. Okay. So what about you? So Scorpio, you're next. <sighs> okay. Here we go. I did it. I did do my, yeah, I did my own. So I wonder if it'll be similar. Oh, I wonder. My friend, my good friend Maxie is also a Scorpio. So I'm excited to hear what her year is like. My, my sister is also a Scorpio. Which sister? Nice. Yeah. Wait, Grace, which sister? Yeah. Um, Becca. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we pulled all pentacles for Scorpio, which means they're really going to be dealing with this year money and their physical grounded reality. So three of pentacles, seven of pentacles, and eight of pentacles. It's saying that this is a great year to start building a foundation um, of whatever your next maybe three to to five years are actually going to bring. It's a year where you're going to want to call in a team of people. So if you don't have to be building this foundation on your own. It shows each kind of segment of the year, you're going to start building and getting a different level into a higher level. So we start with the three, you bring in your team um, and you get your support for things that you don't know how to do, or, or if you have any questions about the finance, the foundation you want to build, then next it's saying a little bit later in the year, you're going to start to see the foundation sprout and it's usually with money. So maybe it's a job promotion, maybe it's a product project that's growing and you're going to be tempted at that time to sort of like take them, take the rewards and maybe spend them or whatever. This card would say, wait, it would say reinvest into the idea or reinvest into the business or keep the money held. Don't spend it quite yet um, because it's sort of like needs to even germinate a little bit more. And then later in the year, just like we saw this for someone else, I'm trying to forget, I'm forgetting who, but um, you're going to want to, so say, let's just say hypothetically, it's an idea. You plant the seeds, the seeds grow, then you're going to want to refine it. So it's really a year, a little bit of mastery with what you're building and you're going to get to a certain level with it. And then you're going to say, okay, how do I make this even better before I try to level up one more time? But it's all about creation and money and home and how you can create financial stability and, and stability in your physical reality. Ooh, this is really striking home for a friend of mine that is a Scorpio. And mm. I can't wait to, to share this with him. Nice. Um, how does this match up to your reading that you did for yourself? It, it does. It does match up. Um, and I'm trying to remember the reading that I did for myself was a more major arcana cards for, for me personally, but similar themes like, um, yeah, similar themes of foundation building. And I think a lot of us, at least I know for me personally, my foundation got shook this year, my business, my marriage, my, you know, other parts of my life. And so it really is a time for me to rebuild and reset, um, in a way that feels even more in alignment than what I built before. All right, let's take one last sponsor break. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. So for me, the hardest part of cooking is not the actual cooking, it is the planning. So when I have a busy week, HelloFresh is totally my savior. And I love that every week they have over 23 delicious recipes that have a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so you don't get bored. And they have options for low-cal, carb-smart, vegetarian, and pescatarian every single week. 
So recently, I tried the Sweet Heat Shrimp Tempura Bowls, which were these sweet and spicy shrimp, and it was served with broccoli and pickles, which I made, and it was over rice. And it was so delicious. It was pretty healthy. And it was fun because it was something that was outside of my usual recipe repertoire. And I love step-by-step instructions with pictures. So even if you're cooking something outside your usual recipe comfort zone, it's not overwhelming. And if you've never tried a meal kit before or you're worried about getting stuck in a subscription, I truly love how flexible HelloFresh is. You can easily change your delivery days, your food preferences, and skip weeks whenever you need to, all from right in the app. Also, if you're having a lazy week, they have their new Easy Eats offerings, which has tons of quick and easy meals like oven-ready 10 to 20-minute meals. I haven't tried these yet, but I'm very excited to. And we have an offer for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 10BOP and use code 10BOP for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 10BOP and use code 10BOP for 10 free meals, including shipping. Back to the episode. Okay, so our Sag is next. Our last up. Oh no, it's not our last up. Never mind. No, I'm reading it. It looked like the yeah. end, and it's not. <laughs> no, it's Sag and Capricorn. The uh, probably Pisces. Um, okay, Sag, right? Sag. All right, my Sag. I'm a Sag rising, so this is also for me. Let's see. All right, Sag. We have the Two of Swords, the Knight of Pentacles, and the Sun. The Sun card. So I would say at the beginning of the year, Sagittarius are going to have a hard time seeing their future. This two of swords is sort of like where there's a blind spot or where you feel like you're a little bit stuck. You either have two opposing ideas that are in conflict and you feel like there's a stalemate or you're not quite sure how to proceed. What I would say is relax your mind, stop trying to figure it out. And the lesson in the first part of the year is to be okay feeling around in the dark and not actually having that clear vision. It's showing that something will present itself um, rather abruptly after the first few months of the year where you could waste all that, burn all that energy trying to figure it out, or you could just like chill and wait for this thing to be presented. And you're like, oh, now I got it. Now I know what direction to go in. And once you get that nugget of direction, it's like with the sun card, it's, it's like your whole year turns on and you start to see everything is illuminated and you start to feel like so free and so yourself and so expressed. But it's really the patience of going from the darkness to the full illumination and and actually allowing yourself to feel the discomfort of the darkness and so that you can really appreciate the positivity of the full illumination. So kind of like a Leo year. I'm trying to remember what the Leo I don't remember even what I said five seconds ago. So the, I'm like the in Leo the zone. Like <laughs> going to feel oh yes, yes, yes. At the beginning of the year, but then it's gonna like open up. Yes, for sure. For sure. And it might be a little bit different twinge because, um, I, the Sag year is something a little bit more, uh, something tangible will, will be planted. So like maybe there's a new job opportunity, a new project, a new, a new home, something, there's like a more physical thing that will happen. That'll be like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't remember. So when I do these readings, even when I read for somebody, I will not remember the reading. Um, until I sit back down with them again, it's almost like comes down from the cloud and then I remember it all. It's oh. very bizarre. Yeah. So I don't really remember what I talked about so far. Well, good thing we have you on tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So far. I, I remember love for you guys. Um, is it Capricorn next? Capricorn is next. 
I've been pulling the six of swords for a lot of these, um, these zodiac signs. So we might need to talk a little bit extra about the six of swords. Okay, Capricorn. I pulled the six of swords, the um, four of cups, and the wheel of fortune. So I do think the reason why we're getting that six of swords, so the five of swords, if you go backwards, is really the card that's like mental anguish, sort of depression, being hard on yourself, being critical on yourself. And then the six of swords is sort of one step removed from that. So you're not in the conflict, but you're paddling away. But the conflict and the the fear thoughts are still in the rearview mirror. And I think this is coming up for a lot of us because I think a lot of us have been in this position of mental anguish and confusion and having a hard time. So um, that's the same for Capricorn. It's also showing for Capricorn, in the uh, at least in the beginning of the year, that you're going to keep on being presented with opportunities or love or whatever, and you're going to kind of be pushing it away. And what we need, the the this is actually a very lucky and fortunate year for Capricorn with this Wheel of Fortune, which is the year of good luck, good fortune, expansion. Um, so the idea is, and this is, I guess, similar to the past couple of readings, you got to let fate take the wheel this year. You've got to know that everything is working out for you and that there's a bigger picture at play. And when you try to not control things and you take your hands off the wheel, that's when the miracles and the synchronicity can direct you to your higher destiny. So don't force it. Be open to whatever happens and see everything as a positive opportunity because a higher power is really steering the ship for you this year. So in a way that's kind of a relief, like I don't have to worry about it. Like spirit, fate, the universe, God, whatever has got me. So your faith really. Okay. Aquarius. Yeah. Aquarius. Oh, this is our friend, Alex. Aquarius. Mm -hmm. All right, Alex and Aquarius. I did not just pull the six of swords again. I'm shuffling this. Just for you to see, I'm shuffling and then I pull the cards like this and then I just like stop randomly. So that's crazy. Everyone is struggling. It's the COVID. It's it's like the year that we've had in 2020. Everyone has some baggage. Well, I want to say this. Like, let me just give a quick PSA. It's like everyone needs to really focus on their mental health. And I think that there, I think that it's something that hasn't been addressed as much as I would like as people are thinking about physical health. But I think there's long-term ramifications of mental health for people. And this has been really hard, critical time. And so I think that's probably why we're seeing that. So I'm not going to get into the six of swords, just like rinse and repeat. <laughs> like all of this, like take care of your mental health and allow yourself to move through uh, and evolve beyond these like critical hard thoughts. Um, but we're seeing again with this strength card, this is your year to be a compassionate leader, to step out in front of your community and guide the way. It's a year for you to be in such alignment with your values. So I would pay attention this year, Aquarius, like what are your core values and how can you use that as a guiding force, as a way to lead in a compassionate way? And I would say for Aquarius, meditation or yoga or something like that is a non-negotiable for you to take care of whatever anxieties keep coming up due to life circumstances. So I, even if it's like downloading an app or just doing five minutes a day, that's like your prescription and the medicine that's going to allow you specifically to be like in the, the best version of yourself this year. I would not negotiate that. That's like kind of thing you have to do. It could even be like a walking meditation. I don't care, but there's got to be that time to take care of, uh, take care of that top of the day, probably. 
feel really certain about that. <laughs> we need to get Alex into uh, yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta happen. The Aquarius in my life that I, I love her to death, but she does struggle with anxiety issues. You know, it's like just prodding out the breath or something. Are we at the last one? Is it Pisces? We're at Pisces. Or yeah, our last one. Pisces, sweet Pisces. Do you guys have any Pisces friends? I have one Pisces friend that I can think of. Ooh, I'm like yeah, probably offending people left and right, being like, I don't know any Aries, and somebody's gonna be like, um, hello. I'm an Aries. <laughs> I don't is. know the horoscopes of anyone except for like three friends. So, <laughs> well, maybe you'll know. They'll listen to the podcast and tell you. Yeah. Um, with the Pisces, we've pulled uh, two major Arcana cards: the Hanged Man and the High Priestess, and then the Four of Wands. So for that, for the Pisces. Sometimes uh, this this hangman is showing like a profound spiritual awakening that causes you to see everything from a different vantage point and perspective. Uh, so I would say if you're going to have that kind of spiritual awakening, the Pisces that are listening right now have already been working on themselves in this spiritual intuitive capacity. And this is the year for a breakthrough. We have the high priestess, which we've, we, we've mentioned for, I think, the Virgos, maybe. We have that high priestess where that intuition is online and super strong through the spiritual awakening. So, like, when I had those people or those energies, like, un, like work under the hood of my car, which was my skull, you know, um, that was my hanged man moment that led to this, like, psychic awakening intuition. And it's also saying this is a great year for Pisces to have milestone celebrations. It's a great year to get married, get engaged graduate like have these big life moments and to celebrate them either for themselves or for other people but really for you like if you're planning a wedding I don't know like it's a great year to do some of those things but mainly we're really focusing on these spiritual gifts really coming online and being like such a guiding force and Pisces are the most intuitive sign of the zodiac and so it makes sense to me that as people are more waking up and getting into this stuff, that they're going to really click into those innate gifts that they were born with just under the stars. Oh, I'm so excited to see how all of these things play out this year. Me too. Me yeah. too. Such a fun start to the year. Mm, it really is. And it's But Oh, great. So the other thing I asked you when we were doing our prep call is if you can also help us with some kind of cleansing spell to get out all of the bad energy from 2020. How do we reset? Like, what do we do? Because in addition to tarot, you also specialize in rituals and rituals. Yeah, spells and rituals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is my practice that I do and I love it so much. And I love it because it's like basically household items. So you take a metal bowl that you are not going to use for anything else. So you can buy one from Target or if you have an old one lying around the house and you need Epsom salt and rubbing alcohol. And what you do is you take this and and a towel, you lay the towel down mainly so that um, if the bowl gets hot, you can pick it up. You want to place the bowl in the center of the room that you want to clear. And you want to make sure that there's nothing that can catch on fire, like three feet around and above, because we're going to set, oh, we need matches. We're going to set this on fire. But you put um, about, let's say, a half inch layer of Epsom salt on it. And then you pour enough rubbing alcohol where it's like slightly sloshy. And then you're going to step back and throw a match in there. It's going to go. 
So what this does is the salt attracts the negative energy and then the fire burns it up. And this is especially good for stagnant energy in homes and for a stagnant emotional energy. So if you have like a fight or a good cry or something like that in your home, if you burn this stuff, if you do this ritual, it burns it up. So you light it on fire, you burn it up, place your hands on your heart and you imagine and you envision all of the negativity getting sucked in there and burned out. Um, and if you'd like to take it another step, I like to envision angels and I put them in every corner of the room and I imagine them after everything is cleared, they replace the energy and they fill it with light and grace and really clear it. Then if you'd like, you can do it in every room. So you hold it by the towel, you move it, you put a little bit more salt, you can layer it a little bit more alcohol and you do it again and again. And this works. And um, I was mentioning my dad had our family home for sale for a very long time, for a couple of years, and it wasn't selling. And I knew intuitively it was because we had collected a lot of familial emotional energy. And when a per pers prospective client or whatever would come through, they couldn't feel themselves in there. because all they could feel is our family. So he's not super witchy, but I was like, dad, you got to do this. So he did it in the 14 rooms of our house in secret. Cause my stepmom would be like, it's witchcraft. And like <laughs> hate it. Um, and the next week, and they had an open house and they sold the house and it shifted the energy there. So, um, it's, I don't know other people who really do this practice, but it works for me and I, I highly recommend it. One, Just be safe with fire. Be safe with fire guys. One follow-up question. I can't yeah. picture how big is, does the bowl need to be? Is it a little bowl? Is um, it, a, a giant it could bowl? be, it could be really any size bowl, like just like a normal mixing bowl size is probably okay. ideal, but it could be on the smaller side too. Um, yeah. And just do the ratios based on the size of the bowl. But yeah, like a regular mixing bowl, like you would make pancakes in or something. Okay. I feel like we need to do this. I feel like I need to clear out my 2020 energy. I feel like I'm everybody needs it. to do this. Everyone needs to do this. <laughs> I'm done with it. I, I don't this. want it clinging to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's too. super easy. Super easy. So this has been so fun, and I am pretty sure that everyone in our audience now like wants to know more and wants a reading. So can you yeah. tell us where people can find you online, how people yeah. can get their very own reading, more about your book, which has even more spells? Like, Tell us all the things. Okay, cool. So um, if you want to shop with me and you don't live in Atlanta, we've got all these beautiful ritual products that um, we make by hand. We sell crystals and tarot decks and all that stuff. You can go to modernmysticshop.com. We also have a really fun Instagram account. We have like really funny stuff on there. Um, modernmystic underscore shop. And there's a lot of education. So if you want to learn more, we share a lot of education there. Um, if you want to work with me, there's two ways you can work with me. Um, the main way is I have my lunation session. So twice a month on the new and the full moon, I do these remote group healings that are very beautiful. So if you go to modernmysticshop.com and click on experiences, you can see how to book a reading with me. You can also see how to participate in these group healings. And then if I'm booked, I'm usually booked up. So if you go to my page and I'm booked up, you can go to modernmystictarot.com and book with one of our awesome readers. And then our books on Amazon. And it is uh, so awesome because there's 25 spells in there and there's candles and oils and incense. So everything you need to get up and running is either in the box or in your house. And we really take you step by step. And if it's something that you love, 
um, my uh, Brandon and I are actually teaching um, in January. We're taking you through each chapter in a workshop once a week where you can really, we're going to be doing the live spells and we're going to show you all of our like sort of inside secrets to accompany the book. So that can also be found on our website. It's called, um, I think it's called Ma- Spells for the Modern Mystic Intensive. I have lots of things, guys. There's, there's so much to promote. <laughs> and what are some examples of the other spells that are in the book? We already have our cleansing oh, spell. Like what kind of Yeah, things? we got cleansing spells. We have a whole chapter on ancestors and ancestral altars so that you can actually get your, your lineage behind you. There's a whole chapter on protection and clearing. So this is like one of those spells, but um, like my favorite one is get the fuck out and it like pushes like negative energy away from you. We've got a whole chapter on love, which different spells to help attract love, um, attract a committed relationship, clear blocks to love, money. There's a whole chapter on money anywhere from building your business to like quick cash. And then there's one for spaces. So like if you want to get a house or an apartment, there's a ritual for that clearing spaces, erasing people from spaces. Um, So we kind of covered those five categories. And then there's several spells in each one under it. This has been amazing. Kelly, thank you so much for t- sharing thank your you. time with us, your expertise with us, your insights yes, with us. I can't wait to see if these predictions come true. Me either. Well, have me on again next year. We can make it an annual thing and we can we- see if it worked out. I love, that. <laughs> I love that. So let's get into some end matter. Yes, let's. Um, what is your Instagram obsession this week? So my Instagram obsession is an account called Sharon Says So. And do you follow her? Mm-mm. I had so many people, I don't know, like during the election, send her to me and be like, she's great. You should have her on the podcast. So I started following her and she lives in Minnesota and she's a government teacher, an ex, I think she's a former government teacher. And um, she's kind of like King Gutter Baby, but for politics. And so oh, I she, love that. she really breaks down like what's happening in terms of whatever crazy thing Trump is doing or, you know, any laws that are passing through Congress. And first of all, I really appreciate the demystification, but also she is doing the Lord's work, like debunking social media rumors about things that are fake news. Oh, somebody's got to. So she's great. Her stories get a little long. I'll confess that I don't always watch all of them, but her content is so helpful if you're like trying to learn more about politics. Cool. What's yours? Mine is a sarcastic account. It's called Shit Bloggers Post. And it just, it's very funny. It um, just really brings to light how homogenous blogging has gotten. Um, It will show, like, they'll do, like, these, um, what is it, the carousel with, you know, 10 different influencers all wearing the same thing or styling their coffee cups the same or wearing the same Louis Vuitton um, combat boots. It just cracks me up. Oh, so it's not like a parody account. Like it's actual photos from bloggers. Yeah, it's actual photos. So it's not sar- – it's, it, it's sarcastic in humor, but it's – they actually take bloggers' real photos and post oh, them. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about on the non-Instagram obsession side? Um, on the non-Instagram obsession side, I have a few things just that I've collected from o- over quarantine. Same. Um, have you seen Death to 2020 on Netflix yet? No, I keep thinking about it, but then I'm like not compelled by it. So I watched it last night and I have to tell you. Like, what is it? Can you explain it to me? Yeah. I would describe it as a documentary style comedy. So 
I mean, it's got like Hugh Grant and he's wearing all of this makeup and a wig and glasses. And he's looking, he looks like, like an old historian. And then, um, who else? It's got an amazing cast. It has, um, what's her name? Kristen. Kristen Wiig. No, Kristen. Oh, Kristen with a C. Kristen Melody. She plays like a mom um, from How I Met Your Mother. Yes. She plays like a, um, a soccer mom style Karen. And it's just, it's great. It feels like you're watching a documentary, but it's pure comedy. And it's just the writing is so sharp. And the things that they say, like, I kind of want to rewatch it again, just because I feel like I might have missed a few of the jokes and like the one liners, because it's just so it's so it's so good. I don't need to keep reliving 2020 again and again, but it's very, very funny. Okay, what's your next one? My next one is. Plant juice oils. Um, our our mutual friend Karen sent me this. It's a rollerball, and it's called Doze Off. It is wonderful. I ended up getting one for my sister because she's like me and has a hard time sleeping. But you put it on the base of your neck, on your wrists, on your temples, underneath your big toe. It smells like it's got like lavender, but it also has some tangerine. And I thought it had frankincense, but it doesn't. Um, it also has 50 milligrams of CBD in it. It makes a noticeable difference. It's a good part of my sleep environment, I would say, because I've got oh, like the night pillow, the CBD that I take orally. I've got like, you have, like a sheet. whole ritual. Going. I have a whole ritual, but I've added it to my sleep ritual and I love it. Okay. The last one is very sad because I finished doing it last night has been my um, comfort show all while I was in Charleston has been rewatching sex in the city. And I finished it last night. I tried um, to rewatch it a few years ago and it like, it did, did not hold up very well. At least the first season. I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to watch this. It it doesn't hold up very well in a lot of ways, but it's still very comforting to, to watch. And it's also fun to see how my views of the characters have changed. Yeah, that is interesting because I watched it when I was in college. Yeah, I watched it just out of college and I wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw. And I will tell you, she just comes across as so self-absorbed. She's she's such a problem in so many relationships, whereas I always saw her as the victim. But I and also think that's a product of how times have changed, not just how you've grown up, because culturally, like, we were obsessed with that show. We were obsessed. And yeah. so I don't think it was just the, that you were young. Yeah. But um, I loved it. Oh, good. I'm very sad that it's over. Maybe I can re- – I'll rewatch it again. <laughs> So funny. Um, I also have a, a handful here. So my first two, I'm very late getting on the tie-dye bandwagon, but I have fully arrived. So the first thing is I got a Worthy Threads tie-dye sweatshirt. Um, I got the whole sweatsuit. I haven't worn the whole sweatsuit together. Um, well, I have two of their sweatsuits and I love them. I have the rainbow one. It makes me so happy. So happy. It's so great. It's also a good sweatshirt. It's like a stiff, yeah. like, like it's a good sweatshirt and the cut of the sweatpants is good it's like like a slim like it's like a nice fitting it's not a sloppy sweatpant yeah yeah um and so then when I started doing my Melissa Wood health challenge I decided that I would buy myself a workout outfit as a reward and I ordered it on day one assuming that because everything was taking so long to ship it would arrive like maybe towards the end. It didn't. It arrived that week. So I just rewarded myself at the very beginning. But I got this workout set from a brand I hadn't heard of before. It's called Electric and Rose. And they have such cute workout sets. I got, um, 
it's black and then it has like tie-dye kind of like on the bottom half of both the bra and the pants. Um, But they also have all sorts of other tie-dye sets that are so cute. I will say that they're not very sweat wicking. So if you're like doing a heavily sweaty workout, it's like not for that. Oh, yeah. I'm on their site right now. They've got cute stuff. Aren't they so cute? I want the blue and black one. Cute. That might be my end of my Melissa challenge present to myself. Nice. And then my last one, which I I don't think you've seen and I need you to, is Ted Lasso. Yes, that's on my list actually for tonight since I'm quarantined. Okay. Not that we'd be doing anything anyway because restaurants are closed. Like I'm acting like this these four days are like so different from the rest of time. Okay. That's on my list to start tonight. Yeah, you need to watch it. So Rachel and I started watching it a few weeks ago. Um and I'd heard about it from so many different people that it was so great that I was like, it kind of just like came to a head and I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then I we watched the preview and we were like, this sounds terrible. This sounds like something we are not interested in whatsoever. So like ignore the trailer, ignore the premise and just start watching it. It is, I'm actually upset that we recorded our best of 2020 episode before I watched it because I think it might be my favorite show of the year. Oh my gosh. That's high praise. So good. Okay. And it's like heartwarming and it's funny. It's great. Great. So there's that. And then to finish off the episode, we both have a lot of reading we've been doing. Yeah. Should I go first? I guess so. I actually excluded my ones that I've read since January because it was like too many. So today I finished up The A Promised Land by Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. It was 29 hours long. I'm shocked that I was able to listen to it within a whole month, but I, I did take him out for a lot of walks. Um, anytime I was doing chores and laundry around the house, I listened and um, I just loved it. It's not even, it's actually the first volume of his presidency. Like he's going to have more memoirs come out because it, it ends with um, the capturing of Osama bin Laden. So there's still like way more to come. Oh, I didn't realize that. So I absolutely, I absolutely loved that. Um, Then what else do I have for you? Um, I read White Ivy by Susie Yang. And this one was recommended to me by a lot of blog readers, podcast listeners, whatever it might be, because um, I've been really trying, as everyone knows, to find more thrillers by women of color. And this was cool because it dealt with a lot of Chinese-American intricacies, like the like culture and racism and class. But this woman, Ivy, is basically a, a major like social climber and like a little bit of a little bit conniving, like a little bit of a con artist. And it's her story as she like tries to win over her crush from um, high school. She reconnects with him later in Boston, but I absolutely loved it. The next one I read, which I know you read too, was Mm -hmm. Admission by Julie Buxbaum. And that I was like medium on. I was interested in it because obviously like probably everyone, I was really drawn to the college admission scandal with Lori Loughlin and Olivia Jade and Felicity Huffman. Oh, so mine Um, was the opposite. I could care less about the news story. I didn't really care at all, but I really thought the book was interesting, and I thought it was such an interesting exercise in empathy to understand both how the daughter would feel. And it wasn't – the daughter wasn't modeled after Olivia Jade. And so, like, how the daughter felt and also, like, why the mom would do it. Mm -hmm. And, like, my takeaway was that, like, 
if I were a rich parent, I would have completely done that. <laughs> oh, really? I wouldn't. I think so. But it was the great exercise in empathy because um, I feel like we all – like I was really drawn to the news about it and I was like, those assholes, like what dicks? And, you know, it really shows the side of the daughter's perspective, like to feel like you're so stupid that your parents have to buy your way into college, like what that would do to someone's self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. I also read This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins. It was very cute. I think if you like Josie Silver's books or like British Chiclet, you're going to really like this. It basically has to do with typical British Chiclet, a very unlucky girl um, who um, she shares a birthday with this guy, Quinn Hamilton, and the mother like stole his name, her name and gave it to him. It's, it's a long, it's a long and unimportant story, but, um, basically she blames all her problems on this guy. And he's let, meanwhile, gone on to lead this very charmed life. And there's a romance between them. It's cute. It's predictable, but it's very fun. And you can read it in like a day. Oh, then I read the wife upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. This is a fun thriller. I read this in one night. Um, it's very, very gone girly. If you liked gone girl, you will absolutely love this. Um, I can't recommend it enough. I'm, I'm going quickly cause there's so many books here. If you want to more in-depth reviews yesterday, I published my December reading list on my blog. So that has like a longer list. Then I read people like her by Ellery Lloyd. This is a, another thriller, but this one's about influencers and it gets super creepy. Um, it hit a little close to home. But um, and I felt like some of the flat the plot fell a little bit flat, but it was a fun read. Then, because I loved the talented Miss Farwell so much, several people told me to read *An Object of Beauty* by Steve Martin, and this actually came out in 2011. It's great. This is about this woman Lacey, and it's how she works her way up in the art world and like through in the 90s through like 2009, I want to say, and um, she pulls off like a little mini, a little mini con and it comes back to bite her in the end. But it's, I just felt like the writing was so sharp. I had no idea that Steve Martin is such a great author and you know, my DMS have exploded. Yes. I know I need to read the rest of his books and I will, but I absolutely, I love this. This was probably my favorite book from the month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Would I like it? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think you would appreciate the writing. I don't know that you care about the subject matter enough. Okay. But I think you would like Steve Martin's writing. Okay. Then I read more nonfiction. I read What Would Frida Do by Ariana Davis. And I've always loved Frida Kahlo. Like, just think she's amazing, like a feminist icon, a style icon. Her art is incredible. Um, the story of like the things that she's overcome um, from polio as a kid to getting impaled by a guardrail um, as a um, on a bus in an accident and struggling with infertility, her marriage to Diego Rivera, who like cheated on her with his her sister. Like there is just crazy stuff in there. And so this book is kind of part biography and part self-help book. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's like what you can learn from her life and how she handled things, but also like all about her history and her story. Interesting. Okay. And then I think that's the end of my list. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, you know, two weeks, eight books seems seems about normal. Casual. Casual. Yeah. I only have six. I, I took my other two and I put them in next week's episode because I, I felt like I had too many. So yeah. My first one was I read my first Ellen Hildebrand book. I have somehow never read an Ellen Hildebrand book. 
So my first one was Winter Street, which is a Christmas-themed book. It was fine. I I did not love it. Some people okay. have DM'd me. Honestly, posting about Ellen Hildebrand, I have never gotten more DMs about anything than I did when I posted that I was reading this book. She's so popular. So popular. So I, a lot of people have told me how much they love this series. If you love this series, I'm so happy for you. I'm not going to keep reading it, but just to tell you, there are people out there who do. Yeah. So then – in the same order, I ordered her a, di- a second book from her as well, and I ordered 28 Summers. Have you read that one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God, Grace. I loved this. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't remember what happened, but I know I liked it. It might be my favorite book from December. So it's about an affair between uh, two people, and it's told over the course of 28 Summers. So from the time they're like – just out of college. Oh, I haven't read that one. I thought Oh, I it's had. so good. I'll give it okay. to you. Oh my God, Grace. Okay. I also sobbed my face off at the end. Oh God, it oh, was God. so good. Okay. So, so good. Um, and then I also read Admission, which we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Then I read A Snowfall of Silver by Laura Wood. And so this is in the same series as A Sky Painted Gold. And this one follows uh, Lou's younger sister, Freya, and she comes to London to be an actress in the theater. It is, again, it is so charming and delightful. And like, I don't, like, you just feel like you got a warm hug reading Love it. Love that. It was a delight. It was so, so wonderful. Um, Then I read this book that I think you will really like called Finlay Donovan is Killing It by L. Cosimano. This oh, yeah. Was, you were saying- this was so fun, Grace. It's like, a humorous thriller, kind of. Basically, okay, I read that it's kind of campy, and I don't tend to love campy, but I'm going to read it. I think you'll like it. So okay. it's basically about this woman who is down on her luck. She's divorced. She's a single mom. She's dead broke. She's an author. She's, like, super behind on her deadline, and she writes mystery novels. And so she's at a Panera meeting with her editor, and – um another woman there overhears her conversation and mistakenly thinks that she is a contract murderer instead of the fact that she writes thrillers. And so this woman basically offers her money to kill her husband. Okay. And it's like very, I loved it. I thought it was just like so fun and it is like funny and a little bit lighter than most thrillers, but it also had a lot of turns that I like did not see coming. Okay. So it was very good. And then the last book I read was The Stationery Shop by Marjan Kamali. And um, this book is historical fiction. It's told in two timelines. The first timeline is in 1950s Iran. And then mm-hmm. the second is in contemporary Massachusetts. And it's about this couple who fell in love when they were very young. They were like 17 or 18. And um, they were separated by the revolution in Iran. And maybe not the revolution, but some... Oh, I'm describing this so poorly Um, because I think the the technical revolution was in the 70s. But like this was something happened in the 50s. There was like a coup, basically. And so they were they were separated by that. Um, And then she came to the United States and and lived her life. And then they reconnect as older people in their 70s. Um, And so it's kind of like talking about the love story as it happened and then looking back on it as older adults. And um, it was lovely. It was really, really lovely and well-written and wonderful. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't really love historical fiction. Yeah. So that was great. So if in these 14 books that we just told you about, you didn't hear anything you are interested in, 
May I encourage you to check out our January book club pick, which is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. I am so excited to reread this with you guys. I just started my reread on on New Year's Day. So this is a nonfiction book, and it's Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. It is her musings on creativity and living a creative life. And um, it's a book that I reread every January, um, and I always find something new. It's a very quick read. It's very conversational. And I just feel like it puts me in such a good mindset for the new year. So I'm very excited to finish my reread and also to discuss it with all of you. Yeah, can't wait. And if, if you still would like more of us, please come join us in the Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper on Facebook. Uh, we're talking all about books and and more. Um, and also follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And uh, also check out Romcom Pods, my other fiction podcast. And follow Grace on Instagram at Grace Atwood. Her computer died, so I'm doing this alone. Also check out her blog, thestripe.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. 